Love does not wear out after the honeymoon phase. Let's discover the five languages of love. Hello everybody and welcome to Celebrating Life, the podcast about living a life that's worth living. I am Jeroen Beekman and I am so happy you joined us here today. People express their love and appreciation in different ways. We don't all feel or experience love in the same way. We say kind words to each other, we do each other's laundry, and sometimes we give presents or schedule a long special date night. There are many ways to express our love, but it might be that the way in which you prefer to express your love does not match the way that the other person is used to experiencing love. This can frustrate the way in which we communicate our love. Let's call these different expressions of love our love languages. We express our love in a specific way that is crystal clear for anybody speaking that specific language. However, it is possible that we express our love in a language that the other person does not speak. This could get us in a situation where our partner thinks we never express our love, while we, ourselves, feel like our expression of love are never fully received. It's possible I have a dire need for some quality time and eye-gazing, and I am frustrated with my partner's ongoing business with all the housekeeping. Why can't she just forget about the chores for a minute and just sit down with me for some time? At the same time, my partner might be frustrated with the fact that I don't seem to appreciate all the chores she is doing out of love for me. Oopsie. I'm sure you can imagine how two people babbling at each other in different languages is not very connecting. In fact, it sounds pretty annoying. You might wonder why they don't stop their pointless gibberish and make an effort to learn each other's language. Just like with natural languages, we only have one or two primary languages. We might have some limited skill in an additional language, and there are always languages we simply don't understand. Love languages are the same. We are not brought up speaking all love languages fluently. We might understand more than one, but we probably only have one primary language. And we might not understand a word of some other love languages. When our partner's primary language is one that we haven't mastered yet, we need to study. We need to go back to the drawing board and learn how to speak and understand their language. And in order to do this, we first need to understand which languages there are. In his book The Five Love Languages, Gary Chapman distinguishes between five love languages. 1. Words of affirmation. What do you appreciate about the other? What would encourage them? You could think about compliments. I love how you always bring this fresh positive energy into our dates. Or about encouraging each other. You should really go for that promotion. I am sure you will do an amazing job. 2. Acts of service. Remember the partner who wouldn't stop doing household chores? Yes, these are acts of service. Maybe you and your partner both hate vacuum cleaning the house. In that case, if your partner's love language is acts of service, this is your chance to shine. 
Your partner knows that you hate vacuum cleaning, so whenever you do this, it will be a pure expression of love. 3. Gift giving. This one is pretty obvious. It's not about the price of the gift, however, but about the intention and attentiveness behind it. In terms of emotional value, you can let your creativity flow. How about framing the first I love you note that you left on the kitchen table in the morning after that one amazing date that you two are still talking about? 4. Quality time. This is all about the time that you and your loved one spend together, one-on-one, -on -one, the time that you have all your attention reserved for each other and no one else. It's about cuddling intimately, eye-gazing or chatting into the night until it's 3 a.m. and you really should go to sleep. Again, it's not about what you do with the time, but about your intention and attentiveness. 5. Physical touch. Oh no, I know what you're thinking, pervert, but this one is not about sex. Well, okay, what am I saying? It is about sex, but it's not all about sex. It's about intimate touch, cuddling, a gentle touch on someone's shoulder as you walk by, an unexpected and playful slap on the butt, and raw, sweaty, kinky, you, me, right now, on the kitchen table kind of sex. Ah, oh, yeah. There is intimacy and touch that expresses great love on all levels. And for somebody speaking the language of physical touch, a gentle touch can say more than a thousand words. So just imagine what the kitchen table stuff can communicate. So what do we do with all this love? I think that in any relationship there is a kind of love tank. The tank fills up slowly over time as we make gestures of love to one another. That sweet note on the kitchen table? Three love points. Doing the dishes without being asked? Two points, right there. It's this tank that makes our relationship feel loving, connected and meaningful. When our tank is filled up to the point of rupture, we are in love. We are on top of the world and there is nothing that can change this. Nothing except some heavy withdrawals of the love tank. You see, the tank can also drain quickly. What happens when we experience disconnection from our loved ones? Forgot about date night and made other plans? Minus 50 points. Experimenting with an open relationship, but oops, you forgot to inform your partner about that little detail? Minus 100 points. Well, seriously guys, moving into an open relationship is not a choice you can make on your own. You're supposed to be a team, remember? You might intuitively feel that love points are much easier lost than they are collected. And don't be fooled, it is most definitely possible to overdraw your love deposit and end up in the red. When the tank is empty or even overdrawn, our relationships feel meaningless and draining. Our relationship is dead. We never talk anymore. These are things that people might say. Most of us will have experienced this stage in one relationship or another. We want to cancel date night and just read our book alone. What was that asshole thinking anyway, making a claim on our free evening like that? In this stage, we don't grant each other anything because they still owe us. 
Once our love tank is truly empty, it's very hard to find your way back. Not only can it take months to work up to fill the tank again, but there might also be leaks that need repairing first. On the other hand, when our relationship love tank is filled, the relationship has more capacity to deal with adversity. We are better able to see the good intentions of the other person. The glass is half full. We feel the space to do anything for our partner. And when they choose their words poorly, we understand that they really did mean it well. And we forgive them in a heartbeat. There's no need to be afraid of conflict in any of this. Conflict with each other does not need to mean big love tank withdrawals. When we handle conflict with our partner skillfully, the love tank can be fuller after the conflict than before. We can discover new sides of our partner that we did not know about before. A new trigger or insecurity that we can help them with. And over time, this will help us make even more deposits into our tank. The love tank is all about connection. Connecting with both, both our brilliant as well as our dark sides. Stay in connection. Continue making an effort to speak each other's love language and make your love deposits. And you will see that you can stay in love for a lifetime. Oh, my God.